All right, welcome everyone. My name is Tim Ginter. I'm director of athletics at Germantown Academy, and you are listening to episode two of the Patriot Playbook. We are going to be talking about all things water polo. We are joined by our girls and boys varsity water polo coach, Mr. Mike Cozio. Welcome, Mike. Uh, thank you for having me here, Tim. I'm excited. So year 11, hard to believe probably. I mean, the years are, are flying by. I can't believe this is year nine for me um, here at GA. So uh, 11 years, um, what have you learned? Uh, everything. Um, you, you don't know what you don't know until you learn, right? And it's one of those things where you have no idea. And I, I came in at 22 thinking I was going to set the world on fire and, and immediately take this team that had won five games the year before and we were going to win Easterns and be competitive in the Interact. And then, you know, I'm teaching kids how to egg beater, um, which would be like on the soccer field, like teaching kids how to run in a straight line. Um, and so over time, just to be able to identify the the team's needs and work backwards from that like we always have an idea of what we want ga water polo players to look like and my idea for that has changed in time um but i I really think i've learned that the biggest piece is that you have to be able to connect with the student athletes and the rest of the community and then it's really then building that connection and belief and so once you get to know the who they are as people uh, your student athletes you can really work with them to achieve some pretty incredible, amazing things. Um, and so it's just that that notion where connecting as people first and then student-athletes second and the importance of that rather than just working backwards from this rigid framework of this is what a water polo player is, this is what a water polo player does. Um, so that's been a big piece. And then just the way that the GA community kind of flows is pretty unique and special. And just some of the incredible things that I just had no idea how things worked my first few years. And even now going later, like you, you don't appreciate how many people are there to support you until you kind of take a moment and take a a pause and step back. Like I think about our girls played Lawrenceville last Friday and beat them for the first time since 2018. And I look up in the stands, there's, you know, three house heads and, you know, multiple current former faculty members we have parents of alumni that are still coming out. And that's one of those things where because of the ability to build connection and then just having that presence to step in the moment and be like, wow, there are all these people that want to help and really care. Um, and I think that was a big thing. I think that was a big growth area for me. My first few years was just trying to do everything by myself and not wanting to ask for help. But in actuality, the, the sign of a great leader is someone who goes and asks for, for help and puts other people in a position to maximize their strengths. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool place like that. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that's, uh, and me personally, right, kind of infatuated with water polo from day one, just kind of going in and, you know, coming from Northeast Philadelphia, there was not a ton of water polo uh, so to speak, right? So to be able to go in on a daily basis and kind of watch practice and the skills that people are working on. And, um, you know, it's it's a very unique sport in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, when it's played on a high level, which we've been doing recently, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the teams are playing as well as they've played in the years that I've been here, both the boys and the girls. Um, so we talk, we talk a lot. We always have, even when... Um, I was the baseball coach um, and, you know, philosophy, different things, and you're a sports fan. Um, what drew you to water polo specifically? 
I stopped growing. Um, as <laughs> you know, when you're young, you know, your doctor always tells you, Oh, you could be this tall. And I, I had plans to you know, be a six foot two, you know, game changer point guard. Um, and then I stopped growing and I had a lot of friends that played water polo and it was like the, the water polo coach that was Hicken, uh, Matt Rader, who is our Allison Rader's older brother taught the swimming unit in middle school phys ed that was Hicken high school and middle school where I went and he's like, come try water polo. You'll love it. And I had friends who played. And so, you know, I tried and from there kind of fell in love because it, it combines the aspects of a lot of other sports. If you look at like from an X's and O's, like when we're drawing up a, a play out of a timeout, like the kids who understand it the most aren't always the water polo kids. It's our lacrosse players. Like you, you look at like uh, uh, Lucius Miguel who came in this year and is, you know, a division one lacrosse recruit, but is explaining a splitting defense to another girl, right? It's a sport that combines a lot of those things. Um, and that's what I, I kind of loved about it. And it's a sport that translates really well to having multi-sport athletes because you can have a kid who might've done, you know, summer club swimming or swam a little bit, but they played basketball or they played baseball or, you know, so it, it combines a lot of those things. And that's something that I always loved because it was, I loved being in the water. You know, we had uh, neighbors across the street had a pool growing up that you had to like pull me out of at, at dark. Um, and it just combined that in basketball and what's not to love. You get to, you know, work with a team. You get to do incredibly challenging mentally and physical things like the, the ability Ability for growth and to always be challenged was something that I was drawn to right away because I wasn't the strongest swimmer. And to poor Matt Raider's credit, he spent more time getting me like competent at swimming my first year on the team than uh, he spent getting the actual swimmers like faster. I felt like, um, but that's right, the sign of a good coach that that makes you feel like you're you're valued and empowered, even if you're the quite literally the slowest person on the team. Um, and so that was another big piece was the, the team aspect. And that's something that I've really tried to um, kind of mimic in my coaching philosophy and building those connections with not only our, you know, athletes that want to do it at the Division One level, like we have several that plan to hope to play in college, but also we have kids that are doing it because they want to try something new and want to push themselves and love it. And the team is welcoming or their friends play and, and making sure that they feel valued um and empowered because at a place like ga when we're where we are you know a smaller community everyone plays a role kind of a long-winded answer to a short question no there's no such thing but um you know there there are just so many ways that within this sport it's this weird combination of awesome aspects of other things and also the the ability to when done right to consistently challenge yourself to be a little bit better than you were the day before yeah i mean certainly talking about you know, things that we do well, um, you know, and obviously we don't have to sell each other, but yeah. <laughs> you know, in terms of the community, I mean, where else do you find a place where a high school age student says, you know what, I'll try this and almost automatically is kind of embraced into the team's culture um, and, and has at some point, right, whether it's right away, midway through the season, may, it may take a little while, but is kind of given that opportunity to get a role that the other players on the team, which I mean, specific, specifically water polo does pretty well. They embrace that role that the person is playing, um, which I think is pretty awesome about yeah. the culture that you've developed. Um, so let's take a little bit of a, a, a turn. So a couple of years ago, 
we had an opening for the girls water polo head job. And, um, you know, in to my office, you come and you say, uh, you know, I, I want to do both. Now we have people that coach multiple varsity sports, not necessarily head coach. Very few do it during the same season. <laughs> um, can you walk us through what it was about the girls program? Um, cause you had been the head coach of the boys for seven, eight years, right? So what was it about the girls program that you thought, you know what, I, I definitely want to be part of this. So I wouldn't be the person that I am today if it wasn't for Allison Rader, my predecessor as the girls head coach. Um, she really took me under her wing, um, and just everything from when I started from like, Hey, here's how you draft a weekly update right? Here's how you schedule a practice, right? And so she, the year before, had gotten sick, and so she was off the deck. Um, Alex Paparello, who's now one of our assistants, and it was his first year coaching ever, um, stepped in and took over, and just the the passion that those girls still had, and the way that they that, that they still listened and still cared, and so it was a, that, that combination of seeing the way that they were still committed, and those girls wanted to fight, um, and still be better every day and also kind of almost feeling a duty to take what Allison had built in her time and to continue that progress and do what I could to try to make it better. Um, that was again, a, a challenge because coach Rader did some pretty amazing things when she was the head coach. Um, the girls loved her. They really yeah. did. I mean, yeah. and they like playing for you too, but, um, you know, as we're talking about Allison, you, you could yeah. see that. Yeah, and they, I mean, they, they played really hard for her. And they played really hard. I mean, the, and it was in the, those girls' teams had an interesting dynamic. They had a lot of girls that, again, multi-sport athletes that went on to play Division One basketball or rowing or, you know, you name it. Um, but never, not a whole lot that thought of themselves as water polo players. And it was an outlet for them. And that's one thing that I there's still space for. And I really appreciate that opportunity to work with those girls. But I think that that's one thing to, to build a love for water polo as a sport. That was one growth area that I thought of right away. Um, and that's one thing that I think on the boys team, we have, we have a, a handful of guys that have, but really with the girls team, it's more this year, more than ever. We have girls that if you ask them, like what defines you as a student athlete, they say, I'm a water polo player. Um, and, and they love it. Their commitment level is, is off the charts. I mean, morning practices in the summer where they're getting to the pool before I am, um, you know, they're, they're the first ones to sign up and volunteer for our Sunday splash ball clinics that we run. Like they're there, you know, for the boys games on a day off when the girls practice in the morning, they'll be there first thing, you know, they'll be beat the boys to the deck a lot of the times and be there to support them. Like the, the passion that this group of young ladies and all of the, the student athletes on the girls team that I've had the, the privilege of working with in my time has just been phenomenal. Right. And, and I could see that from the outside, but seeing it now firsthand, like they are just incredible. And there is no more physically demanding sport than girls water polo. Like I officiate a little bit in the spring during the club season and refing the girls game is so much harder, so much more physical. There's so much more grabbing and pulling and jostling. And, you know, I, I tell our girls that there's no one tougher around than they are. And you, you, it's funny cause they're, you know, the, the sweetest bunch until the whistle blows. And then they're, you know, could be the the girl who's the nicest kid and the first one to volunteer at the at a splash ball clinic. Like, she's gonna make you work for every inch, and and she's gonna push. You. And we have we have a lot of girls like that. And this year in particular, they've been really successful because of that way that they fight and compete and do so in a way that's competing 
with each other, not against each other. And that's been a really important aspect for me because, I mean, as you know, there you can have really good teams that second coach says, all right, you know, GA on three, we call it after practice, everyone goes to their car, no one talks. And those teams can win a lot of games, right? Those are the seasons you're like, oh, man, I can't wait to get rid of it. This year it's like I, I hate that every day marches forward because it's the best part of the day is getting on deck with, with both of the teams. And, and the girls really do bring that energy to, to everything, and it's because they are so closely knit. Like I can walk through during a break or a lunch, and I know I'll see this crew there, this crew there, this crew there. And it's like, oh, like, you know, this day they mix it up. They're in different places, but they, they all get along, and they all really support each other. So Great. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with uh, Mike Koziel, girls and boys water polo coach. Join GA Girls Varsity Basketball head coach Lauren Power and members of the upper school teams for a three-week program designed for middle school athletes trying to take their game to the next level. This clinic will include skill development, 2v2 and 3v3 competitions, and more. The clinic runs on Sundays, October 15th, 22nd, and 29th from 5 to 6.30 p.m. Registration is $75. Visit germantownacademy.net forward slash athletics forward slash clinics for more information. Gear up like a real fan by checking out Germantown Academy's team store. Whether you're a student, parent, alumni, or just a fan of the Patriots, you'll find something you love. Visit sideline.bsnsports.com and search Germantown Academy today and show your support for GA at the next game. And we're back with Mike Koziel, girls and boys water polo coach. Uh, so, Mike, let's talk a little uh, coaching philosophy. Um, I'm always, I always enjoy these conversations. Um, I had some of your uh, peers in uh, before this, and... I've said, you know, now that I'm not coaching, um, these conversations are more kind of like me being able to live vicariously through, um, you know, the people that I work with. So for a sport like water polo, where you do get a decent amount of players. Now, this group specifically, um, I'd say maybe, maybe more girls than boys. But on the girl side, you know, you get girls in the pool to start playing. And then they slowly but surely become like they their identity becomes maybe water polo first and another sport second or theater or whatever the case may be. When these kids come in, you're going to get a lot of kids in any given year who are trying water polo for the first time. Like, what's the approach um, to get them to keep coming back? Because I watch practice. I mean, it is it's physically demanding to tread water for X amount of minutes at any given time. Um, and not everyone's built for it. So I'm a firm believer in a differentiated approach. Like if you watch one of our practice, we may have, and this is a credit to the amazing assistant coaching staff. I you have. do have a good staff. I mean, Sarah Lloyd has been our, our girls assistant for three years. This is Brian Grady's first year as the boys assistant, but you talk about someone who just gets it and loves sports and loves learning. Like Brian Grady is that person. He has made our staff so much better already. Um, I mentioned Alex Paparella, like he's a, a PhD candidate at, at Temple. And again, like, it's funny, as I'm filling out my coaching staff, I need to find someone who's more calm than me. And the running joke is like, that's not hard to do. Um, <laughs> but, but 
in all seriousness, those guys, you know, Peggy Bradley comes and volunteers a few days a week. We have a few alums, Finn Lillis and Brian Bartle, that are now volunteering part-time. And, and those having so many people on deck makes it a really welcoming environment and really allows us to do a lot of different things. So you may get to a practice and we have four different things going on at the same time where our most experienced group, like what Andrew Thompson is doing at a practice is very different than one of our ninth graders that just is starting to play, right? And it could be we're all working on pressure passing, like how to handle that ball when a defender's in your face, right? But it looks so different for those different groups. And having such a great coaching staff allows us to do that and really give small individualized attention. And then in that setting, right, where I'm, I'm working with or they're working with, you know, six or eight kids instead of 20 kids at a time, it gives me that chance that between reps I can say, you know, Tim, you know, how, how is family, right? How is that test today? You know, oh, like I know you said you had this coming up. Like are you feeling confident? And so building those touch points and just getting to know the, the again, like it all comes back to the connections that we build um, and the way that we can empower and make other people feel, you know, validated and actualized. So from that, it's that people first perspective and also the like individual attention that, that we're able to give. And for those new players, right, there are, there's so much growth like room for growth. And that's the thing that if you celebrate those, like it's really exciting when a kid treads up and gets their shoulders and elbow out of the water for the first time to shoot. Like that's a big deal. Right. And celebrating that. And then it goes from, you know, the, the first time their shoulders are out to their torso to the next thing, you know, you've got, you know, uh, a 10th grader, with their belly button out of the water when they're, they're getting it, legging up to shoot. And it's because they've gotten that good feedback on, Oh, you're doing this right. Right. I see that you're doing it right. Or if you're not right here is, a few corrective measures and then just celebrating when we do it right, the applying that feedback then. So, you know, it, it all comes down to, again, that welcoming atmosphere. And by doing so, it allows you to, to give so much more attention and, and have so much more um, of those kind of touch points. So let's, let's stay there. Let's, let's continue to talk a little bit about philosophy. Um, I, I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of goal setting, right? So like expectations, whether it's, you know, the stuff that you actually openly talk about or the stuff that you kind of keep close to your vest. And I said, you know, I've talked to a couple of your peers already, episode one and, and now in episode two. What kind of um, goal setter are you in terms of team expectations? And I kind of frame it in two ways. Um, I, I tended, you know, to be a person, I, and I always went back and forth, right? I was a person who in the beginning of the season would write everything down. And I said, listen, if we did these things, we would be successful. And I've also had seasons where I felt like I couldn't do that. And then at the end of the season, I would give myself, you know, a couple days to decompress. And then I would sit down and, you know, the old kind of plus minus column, like we did these things well, this is something we struggled in. And if there were more pluses than minuses, I would say, you know what, now that I look at it, we, we had a pretty good season. Uh, would, you, would you kind of put yourself in one of those two categories in terms of goal setting and expectations? I think that, it's a great question because you, you go back and forth, right? And so it, it depends on the year. But the more that I do this, I find that I set what I want our GA water polo. I have an idea of what I want the GA water polo experience to be and have been for the season by noon, you know, usually when our second game ends on that second Saturday in November. And we work backwards from that goal. And so within that, like having that idea as our, our long-term finish line, there is then flexibility on the day-to-day -day basis of what can we do to get closer to that. Um, 
and so that's another thing that I always in, in our goal setting because we we set goals. We the, the first day of preseason, you know, the girls they do it after their first session, and the boys do it before their second session. You know, we talk about what do you think a successful season looks like, and I really discourage them from thinking of finite terms to say, well, if we win five games, right? Because then what happens when you're sitting at five and three on you know October seventh? Absolutely, like, a whole yep. lot of games to play. Right, you you don't limit yourself, right? So I'm much more process oriented in my goal setting. Um, there are three things that I always say that I think of are as good measures for how we stack up from an outside competition perspective. That's interact league play, our Eastern's Championship, and then GAPC Day. You, know, you ask some people, and no, it's just another league game. It's not, you know, you know, it's not just another league game. To not around season. here, it's not. Yeah. Um, those are our three kind of objective measures, and then subjectively it changes on a year-to-year basis some years it's you know being above 500 is something that we strive for other years it's just we play play hard in every game right your your team dynamic kind of dictates that and that's again one thing that i learned early on is that you need to have a, a read on your team and you need to you know kyp know your personnel right and know what their goals are because we've got a group of juniors and seniors that this is their thing right we're going to be able to to push a little bit harder than if this is the outlet for not the sense of stress release and it's ever taken not seriously right but it's not our main sport so we understand our limitations and we're going to work up to that point but but just being aware of where everyone in the room's mindset is helps to go a long way and that changes day to day like that that can be you know, it's a long, the fall season is a long season. And it, it, re- be, it really is. It, it feels be, so much longer than yeah. the other two. I, I, I agree 100%. It, it can be mentally draining. And there are some days where we get in and we have a practice plan of, all right, we're going to really push, push, push. And again, the ebbs and flows of the school year here, right? It's a, a four-day week where, you know, there's no competition over the weekend. And every teacher seemed to stack their assessment in the past two days. And we do not have the mental capacity to install a new restart play. Right, you know what we do, we need to to recenter ourselves. We need to swim a little bit. We need to pass. We need to play. We need to do something loose. We need to end in a, a game, a competition, right? And so knowing your your team and knowing that while this may not push us forward in the sense of a tactical standpoint, it's going to help us be a better team, and we're going to remember that because those are the practices that stand out. You know, all the restart plays and all the timeouts and all the like that stuff. You know that that blends together. What what they remember is, you know, oh, remember when we went out to the soccer game for Dryland, right? Or Ryan Bartle, I mentioned as alum, and there are guys from his senior year that still talk about like a joke that Migs made like it you know, five years ago, right? So it's those those moments where you can read and get a sense of the team help you further along towards those goals, but you need to again like have that good team culture and understanding. Um, and the, the student athletes also need to understand that that's okay too to take those days, um, because it does long term help us. Even though in the short term it may not seem like we are objectively exiting and owing today. Great. Well, you mentioned that second Saturday in November, which is a really important day for us around here. Um, I can't wait until that that one year where the boys and girls water polo teams are both victorious in the same day um, and help us get that competition cup back. Um, so thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Um, and for people out there listening who have not seen a water polo match this year or recently, 
um, I'm just going to go out on it and say that uh, you're missing out yeah. because the kids are playing very, very well, uh, both the boys and the girls. So thank you again, Coach. I appreciate your time. Um, thank you for listening. Tune in for Episode 3 where we will be bringing in boys and girls cross-country as well as volleyball.